Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Oh, yeah? Thanksgiving was that rough, huh? Got a little bit of a turkey hangover. Is that what it is? So, right? <laughs> hey, uh, so this year, um, we, we've got to experience something that we never had experienced before. So uh, for those of you who don't realize, obviously I was gone last week. Uh, we were gone last week. Um, Brooklyn and the Truman High School Marching Band got to perform in the Philadelphia uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, um, which, by the way, let me just say, I did not know this. It's the first parade that was ever put on in the United States. It's the longest-running parade, and somehow Macy's just got bigger. I don't know if it's a New York thing or what, but we had a blast um, to a certain extent. Um, I would not change this time last week because we were just showing up at uh, Truman High School for a 23-hour bus ride out to D.C. Um, We left last week, 12.30, from Truman High School, got into D.C. at 12.30 their time, so 11.30 here the next day. Um, And if you've ever ridden in a charter bus, anybody ever ridden a charter bus? Anybody ever ridden a charter bus for 23 hours? Yeah, absolutely atrocious, horrible, terrible Worse than an airplane. If you think you can't sleep on an airplane, wait till you get on a charter bus. That's all I can say. So 23 hours out there. We spent the rest of Monday uh, touring D.C., spent Tuesday and Wednesday getting to see a lot of uh, sites around the D.C. area, my favorite of which, um, pouring down rain on Tuesday. Literally, we were soaked um, on Tuesday, but we got to go to Arlington National Cemetery. First time I'd ever been there. I've been to D.C. when I was in third grade. Uh, But to be at Arlington National Cemetery, to watch the changing of the guard, um, man, I can't, uh, I mean, there's a lot of cool things, but that was impressive, Uh, just an amazing time uh, to be there. But uh, anyways, and then uh, Wednesday night, drove from D.C. to Philadelphia, got in late, I guess it was about 9 o'clock Wednesday night, Uh, Thursday, got up early, did the parade, after the parade, went back to the hotel, changed, ran to Hard Rock Cafe, ate a Thanksgiving lunch, which, by the way, was a decent Thanksgiving lunch. I wasn't for sure what to expect, honestly. Um, And then took a three-hour tour of Philadelphia, got on a bus, and got back here Friday at like (laughs) 2.15. So it was just over, and and this doesn't count the driving back and forth in town from the hotel and stuff. It was just over 2,400 miles in five days. Um, So a good time, but yet at the same time, it was like, okay, I'm ready to be done. Um, and I, I hope I never have to see a charter bus again. Um, so anyways, but hey, we're starting off a new series uh, called Christmas Traditions. And I want to ask you this question, like as you think about it, you don't have to answer it. What kind of traditions do you have in your family when it comes to Christmas, Thanksgiving to Christmas? You know, I, I joke about it. We never decorated our house until December 1st. My mom was like, no preemptive Christmas. How many of you start decorating in November? How many of you leave it up year-round? Okay, I know one person in our church that leaves it up year-round. I'm not going to throw her under the bus. If you're listening in Jamaica, Debbie, I mean... No, so, you know, I think about that, and I think about Christmas traditions and things like that. One of the things that that when we were growing up, uh, we didn't do it all the time, but our church would do Advent, Um, and Advent is a time that where you focus on, reflect, and think about um, all of the good things that God 
brings about. So over the next week or over the next month, um, we're going to be focusing on Anvent. We're going to look at, at hope today, peace next week. We've got joy. Uh, we've got love. And then we'll, we'll look at, at obviously, uh, the birth of Christ on Christmas Eve. But with that, I want to draw your attention. We're going to have, matter of fact, I got Mark and Jeremy going to pass this out. We're gonna, we've got one of these for each family for you to use this week. It doesn't start till December 1st, okay? But one of the things we're wanting you to do as a family, maybe start a new tradition to think about what uh, Advent means or how Christ plays out in Christmas. Um, and so as you get those, go ahead, hand them out. Just raise your hand if you want. One per family, all right? If you're single, obviously you get one. That's not, that's a, you know, but um, one per family is what we're asking. So don't, husband and wife, both take one because it's the same book. Um, unless, I don't know. Anyways, uh, but every day, starting December 1st, there's a devotional time for you. You're gonna be like, great, another thing I need to add. Listen, all of these should take you maybe 10 minutes. So maybe right now your family doesn't do a devotion or things like that. Maybe this is a simple way. At the beginning of each week, there's a video. You can scan the QR code here. We'll post links on our Facebook as well uh, to, the, to the videos that'll go with each week. <clears throat> but this week, we're gonna be looking at hope. And so we're hoping that really the reality is that Advent starts something new uh, for your family. Maybe there's some, some hope and things there. Um, and that's an opportunity for you uh, to, to create a new family tradition. There's another one we got coming up. We've got Cookies with Kent. Uh, we started this last year. Um, Kent comes in with a lot of things. We invite families, your kids and stuff like that to come and prep cookies. I believe it's the 16th, right? December 16th, Saturday, December 16th. So we want to invite you up. I think we're doing it from nine to noon again. Great time for the kids to come up and decorate cookies. I know you may have your own traditions, but some, something for you to, to be involved in and connect with. But I want you to think about it this way. Advent is a Christmas tradition in many churches and honestly in families for years. Um, it began uh, or, or it begins technically four weeks before Christmas. Now, for those of you who don't realize, we're not quite at four weeks um, but we're actually four Sundays, all right? So it begins four weeks before Christmas. It's an old tradition that dates back as far as the early 400s AD. So we're talking almost 2,000, oh, not, not quite, never mind. I can't do math, 1,600 years. <laughs> um, but, and the early church observed it. And it's honestly, it's a time of preparation and a period leading up to Christmas. It's, a, it's me and my family or, or you and your family preparing our hearts for what Christmas symbolizes. Now, for those of us who have been around long enough, which I would say is every adult, you know how chaotic Christmas can get, especially when you have kids, Right? It just seems to be one thing after another, chaos after chaos after chaos. You're just trying to keep your head afloat, trying to get everything you need in order, trying to do all the things. And, and listen, I'm, I'm one of those guys that seems like everybody under the sun has to have a Christmas party. You know what I'm talking about? And, and after a while, you're like, I'm just done with Christmas parties. And so it kind of does, I would say, steal the, the hope and the joy out of things. But I want us to think about this. Did you know that the word Advent it really is two words. It means to come. It's the preparation for Christ's coming. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of remembering Christ's first coming. And then, listen, looking forward to his second coming and his final arrival because Jesus is the embodiment of hope. I, I just thought it was cool that as, as we were talking and preparing for this, we, we just 
just, just went through that whole, like, what's the end times going to look like, right? Signs of the times. So prepare for Jesus' second coming. And now we're going to look at how do we prepare for and celebrate the birth of Jesus, our Savior, right? He's the embodiment of hope. And here's the beauty. Advent creates a season of hope. That's the title today. It's on hope, right? It's the hope that Christ brings. There's a a variety of ways to celebrate the season, right? Many people have Advent calendars with windows. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you a picture. I got a picture come up here. You'll see it on the slide right now. This is an Advent calendar we have in our home. Now, you may be like, well, what the heck is that? I grew up with a calendar like this that my mom, my aunts, and my grandma, they all made one. They did it one, one year, I couldn't tell you. Um, and so I remember telling my mom about it. My mom made one for Sarah and I after we got married. Now, each one of those dates on there, if you'll notice that the dates across the top and the bottom, there's a pocket in there, and inside there is something that every day we pull out. And it was the expectation right? The excitement of what would go on. And so every day there's a different figurine and then we decorate the tree with the figure. So there's angels, there's shepherds, there's wise men, there's gifts and trains and teddy bears and things like that. But it all culminates on December 25th when we unveil what? Jesus in a manger. And I remember as a kid, when, when, when we would come to it, we were always, like my sister and I, we would always argue over who gets to hang Jesus. It's like, you hung it last year. I did not. Yes, you did. And like, we're arguing over Jesus. <laughs> but it was the one thing we wanted, and it created a sense of, of, of expectation. And that's the whole idea of Advent, is that we create a sense of expectation, a sense of hope, a sense of longing, a desire to see more of Christ. And as each day, right? As we open each day, whether you maybe have one of those ones where the, you open the windows and there's a gift or candy or things like that, or maybe you have something like this, or maybe you have something else. Each day is opening, and each and every day draws us closer and closer to Christmas, and our expectation increases. How many of you would sit back and say, I'm not excited about Christmas? Like everybody... <laughs> I knew it. No, I'm just joking. Almost everybody I know is like, man, there is some expectation. It may not be for you. It may be for other people. You know, as, as we got older, like I'm, like, I'm like, okay, Christmas, no big deal. But I'm more excited about watching my kids. And now as they're getting older, I don't, I don't like, there's still that excitement, that expectation. But man, I'll never forget the first years when our kids were, were young and, and excited, especially when they start to realize and remember in the to a certain extent, the excitement you could breed and the expectation of what they would do, you know, waiting for, for Jesus to come. And so today, as we, as we jump into this, I want you to flip to Isaiah chapter 9. You can mark it there. I'm going to reference a number of verses throughout Scripture. We're going to talk about hope. This reminds us, like this whole idea of, of, of Advent reminds us of a, a hopeful yet anxious waiting for God's, that God's people had for the Messiah. Right? The lighting of, of this candle of hope is simply to just express that hope and the desire for the coming Messiah, for Jesus, for the Savior of the world. And, 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 and Jesus' first arrival, he was proclaimed as Savior. To you, you know, what we see is, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. And in his second coming, he will be the judge and will gather all of those, as Paul says, 
who have longed for his appearing. So, right now, we really stand between the two arrivals, right? We stand between Jesus come, he came as a child, born in a manger, to rule as king, to die on the cross, to rise again, and we stand between his second coming where he will reign victorious forever and ever when he establishes his kingdom here on earth. So it is awaiting, right? It's an expectation. There is a hope. There's a desire. There are things that we walk through and we experience. And so when we talk about this idea of Christmas traditions, I don't know what your traditions look like, but maybe this year it's the start of looking at and longing for the Christmas story of Jesus through the five candles, hope, peace, joy, love, and Christ. To keep our focus on the main thing. Right? We can go about all kinds of different ways, but to keep our focus on the main thing, Jesus. So here's the big idea. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this. The hope we have in Christ is a rock-solid hope built upon God's promises and the works of Jesus. Like when I throw out that idea of hope, I, I, I oftentimes think when, I, when, when people say, I, I, I have hope, did you know that hope is a funny thing? Do you know that hope can get people to hang on longer? Like when you have some sort of hope, some, some expectation for rescue or, or whatever it is, you will actually hold on longer. You will live longer because there's a hope. In your, when you're in a hopeless situation, oftentimes people will give up. They'll quit. They stop fighting. There's no expectation, so as a result, therefore, there's no hope. Sarah and I, right before we left, we watched, uh, I, I don't think she watched it much. I'm pretty sure she fell asleep, but <clears throat> I remembered uh, we were downstairs doing the Believe Bible study, and so I decided to go home and look it up, and it's, it's a 1975 movie, so it's not uh, really super new, but we watched the story about the life of Corey Ten Boom and how they were rescuing Jewish people in, in the Netherlands, and then they got arrested, and she was put in jail, and her dad died, and her brothers died, and, and like, I'm sitting here, and I remember looking at Sarah, and I'm like, good grief. Like, just the hopelessness to a certain extent. They were slave labor. They worked in the slave uh, camp. They were just crammed in, sicknesses, and, and all of these things. Her sister dies, like, a week before they finally get released from the prison, and I'm thinking, man, how do you hold on with things like that? And what I want to encourage us is this, that you may be at a point in time where you're sitting back and you're going, I don't know. I don't know how to hold on. I don't have a lot of hope. Maybe you're a person who says, I, I feel like I have a lot of hope and I got a lot of good things going. But I want, to, I want to rest assured on this, that there is a hope, regardless of what's going on in our society, what's going on in culture, what's going on in the United States, what's going on with finances, all of those things, that we have a hope that is rock solid, that it is steady, that is not shaken, it's not wavering, it's not gonna leave, it's right here, and that it is built upon God's promises and the work that Jesus accomplished. So I want us to see uh, three things today. If you have Isaiah chapter nine, um, I'm gonna read verses nine, uh, chapter nine, verse two, and then verses six and seven, and we're gonna uh, venture to a number of others. Listen to what he says uh, chapter 9, verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. 
On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This is the hope that that the, 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 that the people of Israel were expecting. There was this light that was gonna show up that in the midst of darkness, light would come about. And listen, verse six, it says this, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Listen, the circumstances of our lives are changing daily, but guess who doesn't? God doesn't. God doesn't change, God doesn't waver, God doesn't change like shifting shadows is, is what James says, that, that God is consistent, he is faithful, and that we can build our lives on that hope. So I want you to see this, that number one is that Jesus is the essence of hope. Like as we walk into this Christmas season, is, you know, maybe, listen, I, I get it, some of you probably aren't prepared yet. We just put up our Christmas tree last night. Now, let me clarify, my wife and daughters all decorated the house before we left, now, she'll tell you the reasons why. I think it's just because they always want Christmas stuff around. Um, but I love Christmas, and I love doing Christmas things, and Jesus is the essence of hope. And I want to lay it out this way. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 is oftentimes referenced for different things, but I want you to think about what he says here. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, if you know the context of that verse, you would know that God is talking about the fact that the Israelite people are going to be taken off into captivity by the Babylonians. Their cities are going to be destroyed. There's going to be all this stuff. And then he gives them this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And so I do believe it is of the utmost importance for us to understand the essence that Jesus is the essence of hope. Like he is the primary reason we have hope. And hope is a powerful force that sustains us in the midst of challenges and uncertainties. That's what I was just talking about. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen again what he says. May the God of hope, God is the essence of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you wanna walk into Christmas with hope, you need to walk into Christmas knowing that Jesus is the essence of hope. He is the primary thing. Brendan Manning an author who wrote a, a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel, which, by the way, I highly recommend, says this, you could more easily catch a hurricane in a shrimp net than you can understand the wild, relentless, passionate, uncompromising, pursuing love of God made present in the manger. That's the essence of hope. God's relentless, uncompromising, pursuing love of God is made present in Jesus being born in a manger. That's the hope that we can have. So when you look at life and you say, I don't know how to make ends meet. I don't know where things are going. I don't know how to, uh, to, to, to meet all the desires and things that, I, that my kids have. I, I want to celebrate Christmas in a greater way. I do believe that one of the greatest things we can do is to back off of or not be so worried about what everybody else thinks about what they get. Yes, Christmas is all about giving. But do you realize how much 
problems or how many problems we create because of Christmas? Or let me, not, not because of Christmas, because of desiring to give things on Christmas that honestly sometimes, man, I look back, I remember um, cleaning up uh, toys. Like every, every year when the kids got new toys, we would get rid of old toys. That was one of the things. You get new toys, you get rid of old toys. That way you don't have a house cluttered with toys, right? But as we did, it would be like, huh, we just got them this for Christmas last year. Now we're giving it away, right? Huh, I remember that was a couple years ago at Christmas, right? And listen, there are some that they keep and they remember, but that's the reality oftentimes is we go to great lengths to to offer our kids hope through gifts when the reality is the, the gift of Jesus is the greatest hope we could ever offer. See, it's not merely wishful thinking, but a confident expectation that God is at work in our lives and around the world. So we hope on the fact that God is at work. We need the feelings, right? But today I want us to think about the reality of hope. Oftentimes, hope is built up on our feelings, right? And I'll always say this, that feelings, I believe, God uses feelings in a great way to get us to do what he wants us to do. I also know that our feelings are also the playground of Satan. He loves to work in the midst of our feelings. He loves to work in the midst of our insecurity, our anger, our frustration, our impatience to lead us to do other things. Listen, biblical hope is a confident trust that God will keep his promises. And that's exactly what he offers. So the Advent season is an invitation for us to step back from our daily lives and see the big picture of God's great salvation. So Jesus is the essence of hope. Number two, I want us to see this, that hope in Christ gets us through the times of darkness and waiting. Now, in order to unpack this, in order for you to understand this idea of darkness and waiting, we really have to go back to Genesis chapter three. From Genesis chapter three until Jesus comes, we have what we would call great periods, long periods of darkness and waiting. The Old Testament people or the Israelite people all throughout the Old Testament were waiting patiently for the coming Messiah. We're talking thousands of years. Some 2,000 years after, after Abraham and Isaac and some of them were around, Jesus shows up. So we're talking periods of darkness and waiting. And if you know anything about Old Testament history, you would know there were some bleak, dark days of what goes on. And when we have the hope in Christ, we can understand that hope in Christ gets us through the darkest times and the waiting, the periods of waiting, when, when, when we're waiting on, on, on what God is trying to do. And that's where I wanted to focus on Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, because it says what? That there were in periods of darkness, these people who were trapped in darkness have all of a sudden seen a great light. And listen, as long as we continue to walk through this, as long as we continue to go the road we have, we have people all around our church, all around you on a daily basis who are trapped, who are walking in darkness, and they need to see the light. And I read an article <clears throat> this week, it was talking about Christmas lights. You guys remember COVID, right? Who couldn't remember COVID? It's torturous. Did you know that in March of that year, there was a large segment of, of the population decided they were going to decorate? I, didn't, I had no clue about this till this. They decided they were going to decorate their house with Christmas lights because they felt it gave them hope and an expectation for a good time of the year. Nine months away from Christmas, people were decorating their homes. Like, I read this. I was like, I'd never heard of this. 
And I looked it up, and it was like news stories all over back then when it came out. And I was like, where was I? I must have had my head underneath a rock or something. But literally, people were decorating their homes with Christmas lights. Why? Because it brought an expectation, a hope for something that was to come in the future. And I want us to think about it. As you decorate your, your house for Christmas, it's the expectation of what we celebrate. Don't let it just be the gifts. Don't let it be all the Christmas parties and things like that. Let it be the gift in Jesus Christ. That I celebrate that. Why? Because hope in Christ gets us through the darkest times. In order to understand the hope we have, I believe we have to understand the hopelessness that we had before Christ. Without Christ, I am hopeless. I am separated. I am set apart from God. But when I am in Christ, when I have put my faith and trust in Christ, then I walk in the hope that is promised because God gave us that promise from the get-go. See, Advent invites us into a season of waiting. As a matter of fact, it mirrors the waiting of the people of Israel for the Messiah. All you and I got to do is wait, I guess it's 29 more days. Once we start this, it'll be 25. But it's this idea, this expectation of waiting. And listen, waiting is a challenge, isn't it? (laughs) One thing I said this week about being in D.C. and Philadelphia was, thank goodness I didn't have to drive. <laughs> I don't think, like, I felt sorry for the bus drivers. I was like, man, part of me would be like, I'll take my, my bus and I'll show you where you could, like, cars would pull in front of us and then they would slam on their brakes and, like, I'm just like, man, I'm glad you're driving, not me, because I don't think I could maintain my composure probably have a couple off in the ditch or off the side or something. But anyways, waiting is a challenge, right? And oftentimes it feels like we're, we're walking in darkness as you wait. Why? Because you're not seeing what's going on. But listen, when there's light, when I have the expectation of light, when we see the light of the candle, there's this hope, there's this expectation, there's, there's a desire to know that, listen, darkness isn't always there, that there's always, or that there's going to be light ahead. And here's the beauty of that when you think about it. 1 John chapter 5 says this, God is light, in him there's no darkness. So when you feel like you're walking in darkness, when you're waiting, not knowing, not not sure what's gonna go on, like when you look at a candle or you look at the Christmas lights, you can look back and you can say, I can rest assured. Knowing that even when I feel like I'm in darkness, I can keep my eye on the light with great expectation and great hope, I wait for Jesus to come again. Advent's not just a passive waiting, but an active journey, remembering God's promises, walking through scripture and letting him do it. And as we reflect on the hope that Jesus offers, here's one of my encouragements is this, that we can actively seek ways to bring hope into the lives of those around us. So I kind of go back to what Mark and Sue announced earlier, December 9th, we're going to go door to door. And I know you're, I'm not expecting, you don't have to knock and wait for people. We're just going to hang information. It's going to be a gospel track. There's a Jesus video and an invitation to Christmas here at Three Trails. But I want to ask you, are you willing to seek ways to bring hope into the lives of those around us? And here's the third thing. Hope in Christ does not disappoint Listen, sometimes we may feel disappointed because we didn't get what we were expecting. And that's exactly how the people in Scripture were laid out. They expected a king, 
a ruler who would dominate and rule over the Romans, somebody who was going to step in and do greater things, that he was going to rule and establish a kingdom. And when, when it comes about, they realize that he was born to die and rise again and establish a kingdom that would come later, right? That's one of the things we see. But for years, the people of Israel walked in a darkness and they waited with great expectation, with great hope for the coming Messiah. And listen, hope in Christ does not disappoint. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You hear that promise? He's given us new birth into a living hope. See, here's, here's what's crazy about oftentimes, we'll put our hope in all kinds of things that aren't even living. And he says that he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the essence of hope that in Christ he gets us through the darkness and the waiting, and hope in Christ does not disappoint. Anybody ever been disappointed over your Christmas gifts? Like as a kid, maybe? For all those who are older, you know what I'm talking about. When you, We used to grab the JCPenney and Sears catalog, and we'd pick all the things we wanted, and then I wouldn't get them. <laughs> it was like, Wow. I asked for this. Yeah, but you really didn't need that, you know? <laughs> so, but that's the idea of disappointed hope. And listen, one of the things that I know is that when my expectations aren't met, there's oftentimes disappointment. But here's the beauty of it. Jesus comes to meet the expectations that God sent. And oftentimes our expectations fall short, but Jesus says, there's no disappointment in me that the hope I offer is a living hope based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He offers us life in a great life, an abundant life is what he says. So God has given us a reason to hope, but our hope is not dependent on a feeling. Our hope is dependent on the person of Jesus, and that's the great promise. See, God did something in Christ that changes everything. Last I checked, gifts don't necessarily change everything. Hope is a vision for better days that change us in the present. Hope is a vision for things that will get better as a result of what God's going to do. And listen, when we look around at our society, we look around at culture, we look at our friends that, who maybe feel hopeless and helpless and things like that, it is a vision for a better future for them. And I can only say is this, is that the only hope they're going to have is hope in Christ. And so when we light that candle, it's just a glimmer, a glimpse, a small light into the darkness and chaos of what oftentimes Christmas becomes. And so really, in this idea of Christmas traditions, let's approach Christmas with the expectation and awaiting on the arrival of Christ. To have a renewed sense of seeking him, longing for him, to have a greater meaning out of Christmas. Because you and I know Christmas is cyclical, right? Every year we get Christmas. 
And every year we're excited, and every year we have it, and then every year there's the what? I call it the Christmas letdown, right? That means the putting away of everything, taking down the lights, and then there's the old adage, oh, it's only 364 more days till Christmas, right? It's like the disappointment, the letdown, and there is no letdown. Our hope is not in the circumstances of the world, the gifts, or even the Christmas chaos, but in the unchanging character of God and the hope that we receive in Christ. And I found this quote, and I want to share it with you. Let's approach Christmas with an expectant hush rather than a last-minute rush. Let's, let's approach Christmas with the expectation that God has something greater than just the gifts that are under the tree. That God has something greater for you and I, for your family to experience than just that. And I believe that it starts with the hope. And so what I wanna encourage each one of us is as we journey through this season, my encouragement to you, we're gonna try and have, uh, like I said, we'll post the videos, is that, that you and your family can use this as a time, as an opportunity, maybe to begin a new tradition, maybe just to have an expectant hush and to focus and to rest on the hope that comes in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are light. and that there is no darkness in you. And God, I even thank you for the symbolism that we see throughout Christmas. Stars and lights, candles and trees, hope and expectation that Jesus would come. And so God, may we rest, may we sit back, may we wait, even in the midst of darkness, with great expectation and great hope with a calmed assurance, knowing that Jesus is the essence of hope, that in the midst of darkness, that you give us the light and the patience to walk through what you have. And God, we know that, that as a result of our sin, we're separated from God. We're separated from you. But because of Jesus, because of his life, his sinlessness, his sacrifice on the cross, bearing the weight and the burden of our sins and carrying them to the grave, that we can walk with great expectation and great hope, waiting for our Savior. So God, may we experience something new this Christmas, maybe just a peace and a patience, a hope and an expectation, that you want to offer us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.